This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Hey, it's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, Scuttlebutt Nation, that's right. You've stumbled on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Honest conversation with open hearts. A place for discussions, breakdowns, and deep dives. This is your safe space when it comes to nerd opinions. Because just like assholes, we all got them. Strap in, grab your blaster, and some sunscreen. Because it's always sunny on Scare. Oh boy, it's the Scuttlebutt. And that's the Scuttlebutt. That's the Scuttlebutt. And then if we have time left, we can take that to the just a little bit about the chosen one. If you want to do that. Yeah, let's see how we go. I think it'll be good to, to have some debate here because you and I are normally on the same page about most things. Right. Um, so and then you go, off, you go off to sea and then you come back yeah. and all of a sudden I'm fandom menace. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was hanging out with a communist over there. So I like all this. <laughs> You ready? Sure. Well, because I'm in the state of Illinois, I must inform you that this recording is being taped, cut, print. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Folks, thank you for being part of the Scuttlebutt Nation here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I am Ro, one half of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, and guess who is with me tonight? Yes, I'm back, baby. He's back. That is right. The destroyer of worlds, the travel of dimensions, <laughs> the butt to my scuttle, the original butt to my scuttle. Brad, how's it going today? Is that what you were writing down right before the show? <laughs> I needed to. I, I needed to remember it. I needed to be as long as uh, Daenerys Targaryens. I need, right. <laughs> I need about eight titles by the eight time. Titles. I'm, bro, I'm I am great. I couldn't be better. That's fantastic. It's good to hear. Welcome back to the podcast here on the Citadel, only on the Red Five Network. And um, yeah, welcome back. Uh, you have been sorely missed, not just by myself, but our entire podcast community. And um, I'm sure a lot of people are. Um, giddy right now listening to your voice and it's not ai brother it's the real thing (laughs) i know i'm giddy listening to my voice (laughs) uh yeah so i just got done with my last deployment ever for the united states navy and uh couldn't be happier about that uh i'll retire next year but uh no more going out to sea for five months at a time plus so yeah it's exciting and that means we get to record a whole bunch more Absolutely. This is very exciting. Um, yeah. So welcome back. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you uh, I'm glad you came back and uh, still wanted to talk nerd stuff because, uh, you know, it's, it's lonely at the top up here. Yeah. You, you get the itch <laughs> while you're away. Like I, I, like uh, I, got, I got to watch a couple of the episodes, uh, I think the first two episodes of Ahsoka uh, while we were out to see. I was able to download it while we were in port in one of the uh, foreign countries. And, uh, but I had nobody to talk to you about because no one else on the ship had seen it. So, oh, nice. All right. Couldn't wait to get back and talk. Absolutely. So, uh, as you guessed it, I think, uh, we are going, we're going to dive in. I know we've been doing some live, uh, reaction shows and discussions with friends on Scarif Live on Saturdays. But, uh, this is the first time that, uh, you know, I'm sitting here with my co host. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Ahsoka show now that, uh, you know, we are recording, what, uh, October 4th on a Wednesday. Yesterday was the season finale of the Ahsoka show. And uh, we've uh, we definitely have thoughts, but we're going to go through the entire season, um, all the episodes and kind of, uh, you know, pinpoint some uh, some items that uh that we enjoyed some that we didn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is the first time that we're going to be talking about it together. Um, just like it was 2019 brother. Yeah. Uh, so (laughs) everybody who listens to the show, uh, both of you, um, (laughs) our, our scuttle nation of two, um, knows that Ro and I agree on most 
topics that we talk about, um, especially the the sequel trilogy and, and stuff like that, even uh, Boba Fett, Mandalorian to a good extent. But uh, when I was watching the season finale of Ahsoka, I texted Ro and said, hey, I, I'm, I'm loving it. And he replies with, oof, um, with I think five or six O's in his oof. Um, and uh, he proceeded to give me his rating of, of that episode. And I disagreed with, with that greatly. And we can uh, talk about the exact number here soon. But I, I believe that you and I are... Definitely not on the same page as far as the finale goes. And, uh, of course, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the rest of the show. Is, is it the same primarily as your reaction to the finale? No, not at all. There are certainly um, some ups and downs throughout the season. Um, I think, uh, you know, up until the finale, I think there were more ups really than downs. I, I really have been enjoying it. Uh, <clears throat> I was worried about a lot of things, obviously, for someone who has seen the Rebels animated show. Um, obviously, everybody expected it to be a, you know, a Rebels 2.0, um, which is, you know, understandable, you know, knowing that Dave Filoni was the one that was taking the helm here. We've got uh, Soka and some very familiar characters. So I didn't have an issue with that. You know, when the cast was announced, um, there were some... Uh, casting choices that also kind of worried me. Um, but I think in the long run, I think all the actors really have proven their worth when it comes to the roles that they were assigned. Um, I, again, I was, I was uh, really worried about, uh, about some of them, but um, I really got to, I got used to their um, the actors in their roles, um, you know, making the jump from animation to live action. I think everybody did, uh, you know, fairly well. I, I want to say phenomenally well, um, but um, yeah, you know, we'll 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 get into detail as uh, as we discuss the uh, the episodes in in more you know detail and break it out a little bit more. It's kind of funny because you and I are really on opposite ends of the spectrum. I was kind of iffy almost the entire season and i thought the finale was really good bringing it all together so it's kind of funny that we're flipped on that yeah absolutely um but yeah let's uh how do you want to start this well i mean i I think we can really talk big picture on this one what were some of the things that you you know uh, i guess we'll talk about the season as a whole uh what were some of the things you enjoyed the most holistically about the season um, you know, the biggest, the, the biggest standouts for me when it came to the, the Ahsoka show really was the, um, the flashback stuff. I mean, not the flashback, I guess the, 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 you know, a lot of people on the internet would call them member berries, but I think they, they really fit. And specifically, obviously I'm talking about the, uh, the inclusion of Anakin Skywalker and uh, bringing back Hayden Christensen in the role, I think, was phenomenal. It was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to see him back as uh, Jedi Master Anakin Skywalker. Well, maybe not Jedi Master because he wasn't given the role. Yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of the show. I think, uh, you know, in uh, was it uh, episode five when, you know, was, I think it was episode five or, or five, five was a big one. Yeah. So um, really enjoyed that. You know, obviously, again, getting back into the, the you know, the story arcs of the animated show, uh, the world between worlds was a big stickler for a lot of people. A lot of people found it intriguing. A lot of people found it a waste of time. Um, but I, you know, I was of the camp that I, I did find it intriguing in the animation. I thought it was very uh, interesting. I, you know, it was, it was one of those story arcs where I didn't completely understand it. And I think that's what intrigued me the most, um, to be able to pick apart, you know, obviously star Wars fans love to pick things apart and examine them, uh, from all different angles. And I think the world between worlds was definitely one of those things that I really enjoyed, uh, you know, picking apart, uh, on, on many angles. Yeah, you know, you and I have talked about, um, you know, Easter eggs and uh, fan service and can there be too much fan service in a show? And I think we might have been borderline 
too much fan service. You talked, you mentioned Rebels 2.0, and of course, this is a Dave Filoni production, so it, it might as well just be the next season sure. of Rebels. Um, I think it was borderline too much fan service, but in the end, um, I think it answered a lot of questions and tied up some loose ends. And uh, you know who I was actually impressed with was uh, Jason. Mm. Usually, the the child actors and those roles in general are kind of cheesy. But right. I thought, you know, he, the way he uh, performed and his connection with the Force and with his connection with Ahsoka, I thought was really cool. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think uh, you're right. When you get kids involved, um, it's always a little iffy. And, you know, in Hollywood, they say never work with animals or children. Yeah. And, you know, there's obviously there's reasons for it, but um, I think he did really well. Um, the other, you know, younger, she's not a child child as young as Jason, but the actress that played young Ahsoka was yeah. pretty phenomenal as well. I think she had some really great rapport with uh, with Hayden Christensen. And um, it was it was really nice to see a young Ahsoka and a Clone Wars era uh, Anakin. Um so I, I would have to agree with you there on 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 the casting of, of Jason. You know, one of the things that, um, again, that I was worried about, and I don't know if this was one of your worries, is at the beginning of the of the series, I was worried that they were going to cater more to casual fans um, and leave the the deep, you know, the deep fans, you know, by the side. And what I mean by that is I felt like there was a danger of them over explaining things when it comes to, you know, having casual fans catch up with these characters. Um, I felt like there was going to be a lot of exposition, a lot of discussion to explain to the casual fans what's going on. So to, to make them understand, uh, you know, the, the bigger picture and why these characters matter so much, especially when it comes to, um, you know, some of the characters that are not there, uh, and, and I meant, you know, Ezra and Kanan and, and characters like that. But I think they did a good job of, you know, the first episode, we get a mention of Ezra and why, and, and the fact that he's, he's gone. And they didn't, uh, there's not a lot of exposition there. I think they did a good job in kind of peppering some information where audiences, you know, were able to kind of maybe think about it, piece together some stuff, or maybe even do their own research and go back to some of the material that is, you know, kind of, you know, I don't want to say important to know at this juncture when it comes to the, the fans, but uh, you know, for us that are deeply installed in the lore, I mean, we get, I I think we get a little bit more satisfaction, you know, knowing uh, the backstory of, of, uh, of the series. Yeah. Boba Fett and Mandalorian. I think those were written for the casual fan. Yeah. Neither one requires much of a backstory. I mean, people, generally know what a Mandalorian is or may have heard of it. And they, you know, definitely know who Boba Fett is. So anybody could watch those. If you haven't watched Rebels, you, I don't think you would understand Ahsoka. So I think this was a Star Wars show for Star Wars fans um, from beginning to finish. The, the stuff that happened, that's why I'm really surprised that you didn't enjoy that last episode. Some of the things that we got in that last episode where, you know, the the nerd in me really came out watching that stuff. So I'm really surprised um, you didn't uh, enjoy it. But, you know, I think probably you, you mentioned uh, when we were texting earlier the writing. Uh, what did you think of the writing throughout the the series? Um. I would say it was it was mostly passable, um, you know, w- you weren't here during um, our discussions on. Um, oh no, you were here for Andor, and yep. I I remember saying to you and to everybody, really, you know, after Andor, I think getting back to regular Star Wars is going to be difficult, and it was for me because I think the you, you still have Andor syndrome. I think you're still stuck there. Well, it's it's <laughs> not that I'm stuck with Andor. I think it's 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 you know Disney showed us that they can write a story in a way that is sophisticated and um, and well told. Um, and then when you get to you know, I, I feel like 
well, you know, let's get back to 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 the the Star Wars aspect. You know, the Mandalorian season three to me was it feels like it was written for fifth graders by fifth graders, and it was so rudimentary. It was it was all over the place, and I feel like. You know, if you make the comparison, and I know a lot of people on Twitter are like, oh, don't make the comparison. I'm like, no, I'm making the comparison because I'm trying to make a point. I mean, the difference between those two shows is like night and day. Of course, they're all they're all Star Wars. And, you know, we had this discussion, you know, a while ago. You can you can compare an apple and an orange. Yes, they're different, but they're both fruit. So in this case, these things are both Star Wars. One, you know, uh, for me, one is better than the other. I just think that... Um, Getting back to your question, I think the writing up to a point in in the Ahsoka show was was okay. And again, you know, getting to the last episode, for me, that last episode was the worst written episode of the entire series. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll get I'll get back to the last episode. There's this, and we again. Rebels, you know, the, this could be the next season of Rebels. I think it was almost a cartoon made live action. And I think that was maybe some of the wonkiness with the writing. But, you know, for, for, out, for Ahsoka? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, and that and and I've said that I was on yeah. um, I was on Andrew's show uh, yesterday, yeah, um, and that's exactly what I what I had mentioned, um, yeah. I, I think, and and it's funny because I was asking myself, you know, am I judging this as as a Star Wars live show, or am I judging this as? Uh, or, or would my opinion be different if it were an animated show? Because I feel like if this episode was animated. I'd be fine with it because everything kind of fit in a, in a weird, neat little box and everything was, was, you know, had this resolution that was like perfect for that format. Um, Unfortunately, I think um, when it comes to live action star Wars, for me personally, I think my, my, my standards, my opinion of a show when it's live action, I think is a little more heightened than if I were watching an, an animated show. Yeah, to me, uh, so I'll give the highs and lows in this. I know that Hayden Christensen said specifically he wasn't going to play Anakin again until he watched all the Clone Wars. And you can see, like, I think he did a phenomenal job acting like Anakin from the Clone Wars cartoon. I think he he nailed that. Mm. Um, I think he acted just like he did. Yeah. I think the problem was, I think it seemed like these characters were trying to play the cartoon characters, instead of just playing the, just playing Sabine, playing Ahsoka, um, playing Ezra, they were trying to play the cartoon versions of those characters, if that makes sense. And I think that shows why, like, kind of like you were saying, why certain mediums don't, certain media don't translate like cartoons to live action. The same thing as like comic books to live action. That's why a lot of DC movies don't, don't work. Um, it's just that the things you can get away with in a cartoon or a comic book or a video game, even you can't get away with in live action. And I think that's what we saw here with Ahsoka. And that's interesting too, because I've seen, uh, plenty of, uh, people on Twitter claim that the characters they saw in Ahsoka were vastly different than they saw in rebels. Um, well, you gotta, you gotta add some, add some, how much, how much time are we adding to rebels so rebels was a few years before what three years or so before a new hope i think ish and this is how many years now after right. sure yeah, uh, yeah yeah so you got to add some time uh, i think some of the worst portrayals were like uh, i hate to say it i'm usually looking forward to saying mon mothma but i thought that whole storyline of the potential court martial and yeah. C3PO coming in. Uh, I thought that was some of the cheesiest of the entire series. Yeah. Um, and I do see that Mon Mothma's character is vastly different than what we saw in Andor. But again, I think it comes down to the writing. I think it was a different writer, obviously. Um, yeah. And, you know, the scenario, the scenario is obviously different. But um, yeah, you know, one of the things that I think is missing from Star Wars television is the writing room. 
with with more than just one writer. I think when you have a system of checks and balances where other writers kind of weigh in and say, well, what if we do this and what if we do that and let's shape it? It's like it's like one guy is doing this entire series by himself for the most part. And you don't have that that system of checks and balances where, you know, back in the day you had a room full of writers that would uh, challenge each other into, you know, hopefully crafting a better story amongst the group than than the one person. And I think, you know, when people talk about the uh, the prequel trilogy, you know, no one was around to tell George no. And I think that is kind of a, a little bit of what I'm talking about when it comes to one person doing something um where uh, you know when when you have a group of people you know kind of striving for the same thing um there is a sense of you know i like this idea that's cool let's incorporate it into here and you get a sense of 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 being able to sculpt something um that may look better uh if it was you know done you know in in, in some sort of creative committee rather than just trusting it to all to one guy. Well, you know, there's all the talk of Filoni, you know, being the, you know, heir to to George Lucas, you know, being Lucas's Padawan. And that was a point I actually wanted to bring up with you. Um is, you know, number one does is Filoni falling into that same sort of trap that Lucas did that no one wants now that we've called Filoni this everybody's like, yeah, Filoni wants if Dave wants to do that, we're gonna let him do it. And there's nobody there really to challenge him. And also, um, on that same point of Filoni being George Lucas's, you know, apprentice, there was, I thought, a certain amount of cheesiness to this entire series. Not bad. I thought it was old school Star Wars cheesiness in this entire series and sort of a stiffness that we saw in the prequel in the original trilogy, you know, that George Lucas was responsible for. And that's kind of the, the feeling I got throughout the entire thing. And I wonder if you felt that at all. And uh, is Filoni too close to, to Lucas? That might be, yeah, that might be more true than you think. Um, but give me an example, because I think, you know, now that we're, we're done with the series, I, I, you know, I probably want to go back and watch the whole thing as one long binge um, yeah. instead of counting it, you know, episode per episode. But give me an example. Uh, I'm, just some of the dialogue, some of the dialogue between Sabine and Ahsoka was especially stiff. Like it was almost awkwardly stiff, um, in the early to mid episodes throughout the season, there was awkward pauses in their dialogue. And of course, you know, there's some cheesy dialogue with Ezra, and, and Sabine and, and stuff like that. I, it just, it seemed to carry some of that original, well, more, I guess, more prequel trilogy mm-hmm. um, awkwardness than we've seen before from Filoni. And I, I just wonder if Filoni's true medium is cartoons and it just doesn't trans, translate well to live action. So do you think Filoni, kind of like where Lucas stepped back for Empire and Return of the Jedi, do you think Filoni has basically should be promoted or promoted himself up to, I guess, executive producer level and stay out of the weeds some with the directing and, you know, kind of lending his hand to the writing and directing, but be more from the producer standpoint. Yeah. I think, you know, now that we have seen what he can do completely from beginning to end here in the Ahsoka season one, you know, social experiment, if you will, I think that, uh, I think that they should definitely do that. You know, it's funny because, you know, we always talk about, uh, you know, fans of Star Wars should do Star Wars. And then when fans of Star Wars do Star Wars, it doesn't come out that great. You've got someone like Irving Kirshner who directed The Empire Strikes Back. He wasn't into sci-fi. He was more into, you know, relationship movies. And it yeah. so happens that it's the best Star Wars ever. You've got, uh, you know, Tony Gilroy who penned, uh, you know, Andor and uh, Rogue One. And it's considered to be, you know, some of the best Star Wars Disney era that that we've gotten. So um, it is interesting 
to kind of, you know, have fans say that uh, you don't understand Star Wars. Someone that understands Star Wars should do Star Wars. But sometimes I feel like those people are too connected uh, and cannot separate themselves from from the lore and the the uh, I don't know the process of writing uh, a good script. It's it's a it's a weird uh, conundrum to be in. Yeah, and I'm not. I mean, it's going to it's going to come off as I'm dogging the show because I actually did. I I enjoyed the series for what it was, but it almost seemed like you know Filoni had all of his toys and he was bound and determined to get all of his toys into the show just like a little kid playing with their Star Wars toys. Every single character he came up with, he wanted to make sure that they got into this show. Except Zeb. Ex- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, wasn't, he, wasn't he supposed to be in the show? Well, uh, you know, everybody's asking, like, where's Zeb? Why didn't they bring him in? And I think there would have been a great opportunity for uh, when – when when Teva when Hera and Teva disobeyed orders to go find uh, Hera and Sabine, I mean uh, Ahsoka and Sabine, they uh, disobeyed uh, you know the council's orders and they went on this mission supposedly not sanctioned by anyone but retroly, retroactively sanctioned by Leia. Um, it was a great opportunity for Zeb to kind of show up because obviously we see Zeb and. Um, What's the character's name? The the Asian actor is it Teva? For uh, which character? The X wing pilot. Oh, for the X wing pilot, I don't know. But that guy was sitting in the cafe with with Zeb, and in in the Mandalorian. And why didn't he? You know. And now that we know that that this Soka show takes place after the events of the Mandalorian, couldn't he? Couldn't he go back and say, hey, uh, Hera and I are going to try and look for Sabine and Ahsoka. Wouldn't Zeb be like, I'm in. What? But didn't uh, it's, you know, it's been a while since I watched Rebels. Didn't Zeb go back home or go back to work? I mean, I know his home was destroyed or whatever. Something like that. And I can't remember the the hierarchy, but we see Zeb in, in, okay. in Mandalorian. Yeah, I was told not to watch the. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the first episode before I went out to sea, and that was enough for me. And the <laughs> kind of what I got was don't bother with the rest of it. So I don't know. You mean you miss uh, you miss Lizzo and Jack Black? Uh, yes, thankfully <laughs> I saw those pictures online. And I was like, I'm glad I missed it. <laughs> wow. You know who else could have been in there? Uh, Hondo. Yeah. <laughs> Onaka could have been in there. Yeah, you know, a live action Hondo. Well, let's get back to um, let's get back on track because I do want to talk a little bit about the story elements. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know everybody's talking about the fact that it uh, you know they expected it to be kind of a rebels, uh, you know, a two point uh, you know, when it comes to the continuation of this, you know, buddy buddy, um, you know, cop flick where two, you know, the, the Soka and Sabine try and look for for Ezra. Um, I want to ask you this: do, the fact that um, that it was eight episodes. Do you feel like it was stretched to eight episodes, or do you feel that it was rushed to eight episodes? Uh, yeah, it, the timing was not right on that show. Um, I think I think it could have been ten episodes. Um, I think I, could, I think it could have been ten or twelve episodes, but I think they should have Thrawn should have been introduced much sooner. In the because I thought um, Mickelson, as always, uh, I thought Thrawn was amazing in this. And I saw some folks, some I guess you would call them the casual Star Wars fans, were like, "Oh, just put a blue guy with red eyes on screen." Like, and I, I, I don't normally go off on online. Anymore. I'm like, "Do you <laughs> not know who that is?" Like, right. And, and the fact that they said the words "heir to the Empire" uh, earlier on in the series, like that was complete nerdgasm right there. Right. Um, but I thought he did an amazing job as Thrawn. Um, but I think um, there was a lot lacking from the story. I think there could have been a lot more backstory and story development in there. Um, I thought the action was good, but I think it could have been longer. And I've, I was, uh, as, as you mentioned, you know, looking for a bit of a deeper story than what we got. And there was still, in my mind, a lot of unanswered questions because when we saw Ezra and Thrawn last, 
they were together, and I believe Thrawn was on the windshield right. of the Star Destroyer. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how that works in hyperspace. Um, but whatever. And, and the windows were blown out. Yeah. So, yeah. They were together when they left. So when they got there, did they, like, just shake hands and part ways? Like, yeah, that was – That way, I'll go this way? And that was, like, how did – you know, they, they could have answered questions like that. How did Ezra get away from him and stuff like that? Yeah, that was that. That's one um, one thing that really bugged me is that nobody asked, like, you know, you guys were together. What happened? Like, how did you separate? Right. Thrawn didn't ask about Ezra and then Ezra didn't ask about Thrawn. Um, right. And it was it was weird. Um, a backstory because, you know, we, we talk about backstories. Or do they work? I think a one full backstory episode, you know, because I, I liked seeing Ezra with the long hair and with the beard. They really made him look like his father mm-hmm. in, in the cartoon. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, but if they had a flashback episode where he does have the shaved hair and, you know, uh, clean shaven and all that and how we got away from Thrawn, I think one full backstory episode would have been, you know, suitable. And I think necessary for the story. Yeah. You know, you talk about, uh, it could have been 10 episodes. You know, I feel like what we got could have been, um, could have been a better written six episode season. What we got could have been like, it's weird because what we got could have been definitely six episodes. What I would have liked would have been 10 episodes more fleshed out. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the first, um, this entire season to me seemed like it was stretched out, watered down and just, uh, you know, made into eight episodes loosely, uh, just to fit an eight episode, uh, season. Um, you know, obviously the last episode I expected a, a, um, uh, what do you call it? A, a cliffhanger, but I think what we got was anticlimactic. Um, and, um, it, it just seems super rush. And I, I, I put up on, um, in our red five chat, I feel like this last episode was almost like the last season of game of Thrones. It was such a letdown for me. Yeah. Well, when I, I mean, I knew there was eight, but going in when I watched seven, I'm like, I don't know how they wrap this up. In Cause what? I feel like the Thrawn story had just started. Oh yeah. You know, in, in episodes six and seven, like just started. And then I, you know, saw how much time was on this one. And I'm like, 40 minutes on like, what are they, what are they going to tell in 40 minutes? Right. Um, I don't, you know, so yeah, it it was rushed in that regard for sure. I think the pacing was off the entire time. And, you know, the other thing that confused me a little bit, but I understand that there was some time um, and the relationship was a little strained was the Ahsoka Sabine relationship, especially when it comes to training Sabine. Um, Yeah. You know, it's funny because they made such a big deal early on of Sabine not needing to be a Jedi. Um, there was even a line uh, early on where um, uh, Ahsoka basically says, I don't need Sabine to be a Jedi. I need her to be herself. And throughout the entire series, you know, she was demonstrating that she counted on her Mandalorian fighting skills more than than her Jedi training uh, of, for what little that she, she received. And the, again, the last episode did kind of, a, you know, twist on a dime. You know, all of a sudden she's using the force to grab her lightsaber. She's using the force to force push Ezra onto the Star Destroyer. Oh, that's not an e- that that's not an easy move either. Right? It's like what what the hell happened? Um, yeah. A lot of things within that that same argument is like you know when Sabine and Ezra were being attacked um, in the latter half of the series uh, when they when obviously when they they were being attacked by the stormtroopers and stuff like that and Sabine's like here take your lightsaber and Ezra's like no I don't need my lightsaber it's more you know I'm I'm more of a I'm I'm a more enlightened Jedi. Um, and I think I, I, a lot of people online were kind of, you know, saying the same thing and, and, you know, to be honest with you, it kind of made sense. You know, he's alone. He's been alone on this planet for 10 years. He's meditating, he's doing the, the, the Jedi Zen thing. And yeah, I, I can find it agreeable that he no longer needs that weapon. But then the they next episode, with that. yeah. yeah and then the next episode, he's building a lightsaber. He's building, yeah. He's building one. Um, 
And uh, there's, I think there's an issue with Cannon there too. I'll, I'll get to it in a second. But I really love the fact when he said he didn't need the lightsaber because that's when you know you've gotten to that badass level where you no longer need it. You know, Yoda and Palpatine or Sidious, you know, they hardly ever use their lightsabers. They didn't need that. And I think he was going the peaceful monk route. Yeah. And I think it would have been badass to have him continue, you know, just have him looking like a monk and using the force like that. And I thought that was uh, definitely a, you know, well, they took the opportunity. It was a, they, they, they took the missed opportunity on that one. But uh, the, um, I think where they, I could be wrong on this. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he mentions Kanan. Uh, what's the, what's the droid's name? Uh, Huyang. Huyang. Yeah. He mentions Kanan Jarrus to him and he recognizes that name, but he changed his name. Oh, to that's Kanan right. Jarrus. Right. He was Caleb. He was Caleb doom. Right. Uh, originally, I believe Caleb was his original name. So, how did uh, Hu Yang recognize the name Kanan Jarrus? Right. He did. Didn't, didn't he change it um, he, after he left, after he left after Order sixty six? Right. Is when he changed it to Kanan Jarrus. Well, there's a smart Jedi. I mean, you know, if you're fleeing from the um, if you're fleeing and you're hiding Anakin Skywalker's son. And you leave his last name as a Skywalker. <laughs> Skywalker. And put him on the same planet. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was Caleb Doom originally at the yes, Jedi Order. So, I think you're right. Uh, he, he wouldn't have recognized that name. So they messed up a little bit there, I think. Um, and then that gets, you know, back to uh, – I was having a discussion with uh, with our um, Red 5 compatriots regarding the uh, Lucasfilm story group. I think that's one thing that somebody should have red flagged. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's mentioned in a couple different places. It's mentioned in the novel. I, I believe it's mentioned in the comic books. I mean, he's got his own uh, – Kanan has his own uh, series right. of comic books yep. where they mention him changing his name. So I don't know how they let that one in. Um, you know, somebody said something to me. Um, oh, you just did a couple of minutes ago <laughs> regarding Boba Fett and, uh, Boba Fett being, uh, created for casual fans. I think it's yeah. almost like, you know, we've got these moments too, that, um, that, uh, you know, if you're a casual fan, obviously you would not have been able to pick that detail up. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a weird dichotomy to me that uh, someone like Dave Filoni, who freaking probably wrote that episode where, where in Rebels, where he's explaining to 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 Ezra that uh, his name used to be Caleb Doom. Yeah, and if Ezra had said to uh, Hu Yang, you know, uh, my master Kanan Jarrus, and he said, "Oh, I don't recognize that name." Oh, you may have known him as Caleb. Oh my God. Yeah. I'll I'll be like, Oh my God. Like, absolutely. That's amazing. They just, um, they missed missed it it on that one. Totally missed it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a shame because I think it's little things like that, that really kind of, you know, uh, throw me out of, of series, uh, shows like this, you know, obviously, but you know, the, the character motivations is, uh, one of the big things for me too. And I, I think, um, you know, there's a couple of uh, instances of, of of that character motivations that kind of really confuse me. Um, but um, absolutely. I think um, they definitely lingered too long on some of the narrative plot points. Um, they could have gotten to where we are uh, a little quicker. Um, the fact that, you know, I, I don't know if... Um, What's uh, the? I don't know if Balin um, had heard that call from the beginning when he was uh, a supposed, um, you know, gun for hire, or if he heard that after they got to the planet Peridia. Um, I, I thought that was kind of a wasted arc as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe um, when they, you know, when they mentioned a Jedi, everybody assumed that they were talking about uh, Sabine. I think they were they were talking about Balin the when the Night Sisters were talking about there's a Jedi in our presence. Everybody right. they, they the camera panned over to Sabine, but you can see the look on Balin's face 
pretty sure they're talking about Balin the entire time. Um, yeah, it's just I, I think, a nothing storyline really. Right, and then you know, lately, uh, I think uh, just recently, uh, the Star Wars website had changed Sabine's classification to Jedi. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, so you know, back back to Sabine. I, I like what you mentioned. I think Sabine was really sold short on this series. I think, I mean, go back and watch Rebels. Sabine was a badass. Um, her arti- uh, art- artistic talents weren't shown at all yeah. in this. You know, you know, she painted an entire damn TIE, tie fighter. fighter. Right. Um, and she was a badass character in Rebels. And they just made her this little emo, angsty character, bummed that she can't be a Jedi. I think she should have come into her own. Um, like you said, even as Ahsoka mentioned, as a Mandalorian. Yeah, I think they really missed the opportunity of, of uh, you know, showing to the audience that you don't have to be a Jedi to be uh, an effective personality, an effective person. You you can matter and not be a Jedi. You know, all this thing about, um, you know, the sequel trilogy talking about, you know, anybody could be special. You don't have to be part of the Skywalker lineage. I think they really, you know, kind of messed up an opportunity to really show the audience that you can be yourself and still be, you know, quote unquote special. Um, the fact that uh, um, I don't know, it's 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 almost like two different people wrote the first half of the season and somebody else wrote the second half of the season because um, it's so it's so different. Yeah, if they had taken away the force conversation, just given her the jetpack back, yeah. I would have loved it to be with a jetpack, and I would have been just fine with that. And then even in the last episode, when all three of them were um, facing off those stormtroopers, and they all had lightsabers, I mean that was a pretty good image. Um, but there was a point in time when. You know, Sabine, I guess, was deflecting the uh, lightsabers in a way that wasn't up to par to Ahsoka. And Ahsoka turned around and said, you know, put the lights. I mean, not in these words, I'm paraphrasing, but she basically instructed her to put the lightsaber away and and, and take out the blasters. It's like, okay, what do you what do you try? Is she going to be a Jedi or is she not going to be a Jedi? Are you teaching her to be herself or, you know, it's almost like you're instilling more doubt in, in the character. You remember it was a badass scene was uh, from remember the old SWOTOR trailer where they had uh, Darth Malgus and then his uh, Twi'lek bounty hunter friend. And she's got the blasters and he's got the uh, lightsaber. Uh, I think it would have looked awesome like that if she had just had her blasters the entire time. Yeah. You know, if they if they had had Ahsoka with her lightsabers, Ezra without a lightsaber, just using the force. Yeah. And then her with her blasters. I think that would have been an incredible image. I think that would have been a trifecta of uh, awesomeness. Yeah. Hey, friends, just a quick reminder. If you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh, yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. You know, I, I think there was a lot of, uh, like you said, there's a lot of stuff in, in Dave Filoni's sandbox that he tried to, to put in there, but I don't think a lot of it um, landed for me. Um, and then just, you know, just talking about what could have been, um, you know, somebody snarkily online said, you know, you write something better. And I think in the last 10 minutes, we already did. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> at least at least big picture. I mean, we don't have to maybe not down to the storyboard level, but you know, <laughs> we have a pretty yeah. good grasp. But uh, I mean, that's that gets us to the finale. I think where I was enjoying it, and you gave me a three out of ten. 
ratings for that finale. And I actually posted that on Twitter uh, the second I finished the episode. Um, I know everybody was, uh, you know, uh, chomping at the bit to to watch it. Um, Eight o'clock Central, nine o'clock Eastern on Disney Plus. Um, I watched it, um, and uh, yeah, I, I wasn't too impressed. Um, before we get to the finale, I wanted to um, uh, maybe uh, you know what? Let's get to the finale because let's end on a on a happy note because I do want to talk about <laughs> the visuals. But let's uh, let's talk finale. Um, yeah. You uh, you were um, enjoying it, like you said. You texted me, and I'm like, ah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, t- tell me about your experience. Yeah, I'll, we'll figure out why you gave it a three out of ten. I can tell you. Because it definitely had its flaws, but there was elements in there that they really appealed to the Star Wars nerd in me. Uh, I think the the winner of this one was Thrawn. I think that Mickelson played Thrawn perfectly. Of course, he's he is Thrawn's voice. You can't sure. hear Thrawn. Um, you know, I think he he did his normal chess game perfectly. Uh, I like the how we got an answer for the Night Sisters. Um, and why uh, Morgan Elspeth didn't look like the other Night Sisters. I like how it was, you know, it was ritualistic how she became to look like a Night Sister. Um, I like the fact that they used the, there was a mention of Talzin in there. They used the green magic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, uh, you know, I was uh, watching with Amy. I'm like, this magic better be green, better be green. And, and sure enough, it was green. So uh, I think that was a great nod to. Um, the Clone Wars and the, and the Night Sisters, and bro, we got to see Death Troopers. Yes, as a, as a person, I mean, actual Death Troopers. Right. As a person who who read that novel way back in the day and actually loved that novel, um, to to see zombie um, stormtroopers, I'm like, it's taken this long to see zombie stormtroopers. Yeah, and the fact, I mean, that that part right there, and if you're you know, not too familiar with Clone Wars. That part may have looked cheesy, but one of the best episodes of um, Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars, was when they were on Dothamir and the Night Sisters were bringing all those skeletons back mm-hmm. to life right. when, when Dooku went to mm-hmm. attack uh, Dothamir and they used their, their dark magic to bring them all back. And to see them do that with the stormtroopers, I thought that nod was fantastic, and I just liked the way it looked. And I thought they looked menacing, and you could, you know, see under the mask of the couple stormtroopers there at the end. And I, I thought it was worth it there. And I really love the conversation. Well, number one, I love how much credit, even though Thrawn's never met Ahsoka, I love how much credit he gives. Ahsoka just by being the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. Right. He basically tells the Night Sisters and, and Morgan, if she gets near us, we're screwed. Mm-hmm. And he's never even met her before. Right. Face to face. And I love that he gives her that much credit and gives Anakin that much credit. And I love that conversation that Thrawn and well, really it was a one way conversation between Thrawn and Ahsoka there at the end when he was getting away. So I, I thought, you know, start to finish, I thought it was enjoyable. I think it could have been longer. I think there could have been more action. But um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a fun Star Wars show. Okay, all right. Um, I um, was distracted by the very convenient plot points that uh, seemed to kind of wrap up some of the character's trajectory in a way that uh, made it um, uh, very convenient for me to, 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 to believe how they got there. Um, You talk about uh, Thrawn telling everybody that if Ahsoka gets near us, we're screwed, but let's fly this star destroyer real slow so they can catch up to us. Um, Gas issues, you know, fuel fuel conservation, you know, that goes. So that, that bothered me. Um, You know, the, there is a a couple of sequence where that star destroyer is, uh, is bombarding the planet. You know, the, the shots are straight down. And obviously, you know, he did that on, 
uh, on Lothal before his uh, escape, which was kind of cool to see. But, you know, it seems like, uh, again, you know, with the greatest of stormtroopers, he missed every shot. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I feel that that this episode really had no high stakes. Um, I think early on I predicted that Sabine was actually going to die. And I think in the second episode, when she gets impaled by the lightsaber, I'm like, Oh, I was right. <laughs> yeah. But that didn't happen. Um, no. and then the internet was, uh, up, uh, up in arms about, uh, you know, lightsabers not being lethal in the Disney era anymore. Um, but that's another story. I, I think, um, you know, those are things that, that really bothered me. Um, again, Harkening back to a, uh, a sequence of events that are very, you know, animated, um, you know, for lack of a better word, they were very, um, it fit neatly into an animated, uh, you know, 40 minute episode, which for me in live action just did not work. Um, it was too convenient. There were a lot of uh, plot contrivances, a lot of plot armor. I was actually rooting for the Death Troopers because they almost killed Sabine and Ezra. They were very powerful. They kept coming. And other than, uh, you know, Sabine finally using the Force, um, you know, which was to me was a, a narrative cop-out, uh, that that's how they got away from from those death troopers. I think, um, you know, Sabine, what, practiced trying to move a cup early on in the series, and then she tried to open a closed door when they got to Peridia, and all of a sudden now she's using the force all willy-nilly. They had just, again, it just, it just doesn't work for me. It was definitely too uh, accelerated. Um, I don't think, yeah, it, it was it was convenient and it was predictable you know, that she was going to grab the lightsaber and stab him in the head. You knew exactly what she was going to do. Yeah. Um, to, you know, call me crazy talking about people dying. Obviously, you know, they're going to do a season two, but I thought Ahsoka could have died in that. I thought it would have been cool if Ahsoka, you know, cause she was also getting her ass kicked there for a little bit by Morgan and all the stormtroopers. If she had sacrificed herself um, for Sabine and Ezra to, to get away, um, but you know that that didn't happen because we know by the time the sequel trilogy comes around, she's dead. You know, so, and, and there's there's debate on that too. Yeah, that, well, I was thinking about I was actually thinking about that today. You hear her voice because it, it definitely says you know one of the people that calls to raise Ahsoka. Yeah, and is is that her ghost talking or is that her just reaching out with the force? Yeah, who knows? Uh, I guess before now we just assumed that she was. I assume she was dead. Right, but. Um, you know, I thought she could have sacrificed herself there at the end to buy them some time to get away. Yeah, that but. that would have been that would have been an interesting um, move from Filoni. Obviously, you know, Ahsoka is very, you know, close to her, yeah, <laughs> close to her to him. Yeah. Um, All this being said, I feel like this was a prequel season. Like, I, I feel like this entire season was a prequel to an actual story. Yeah. Definitely. And that's another reason why I feel like it could have been, you know, six episodes, um, you if know, you're gonna make a prequel. right. A little better written, but, um, absolutely, you know, and similar to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, I think, you know, the, uh, initially they wanted that to be a movie, um, but they stretched it out to make it a series. And obviously they added all the Reva stuff in there and all the, the jumping to and fro, the parkour and all the goofy elements of that show uh, to make it into a, you know, kind of a, a mini series uh, in that respect. But, um, you know, I think the star Wars has to really, um, you know, get back into the business of, of kind of pre-planning their series and making, making them the best that they can be and, and not uh, rushing through the, the story or thinning out the story in order for them to create content for a streaming show. I feel like, uh, you know, obviously if it was, uh, if it was six, six episodes or five episodes, it would have been a shorter run on, on their streaming service. Uh, you know, a lot of people, when shows are over, they stop subscribing and then they pick it up when the season picks up. Um, and then, uh, you know, are we going to be jumping to a Filoni movie as we were promised, or are we getting a second season of this series? And if we do get a second season, what in the world are we going to 
see in a second season of Ahsoka. Um, obviously, we have the turmoil because, um, you know, we've got the drama where Thrawn has returned. He's on Dathomir. He's going to revive those, whatever the, the hell those things are. Um, but are we going to see all that in a second season? And if we do, what are we going to see in a movie with with him in it? So it's going to be interesting. And it's going to be it's going to be at least two years for anything. Also, when the hell did Ezra get off that ship unnoticed? Yeah, that, that's that's the other thing. <laughs> I, mean, too. It's like, I know obviously he was in a stormtrooper outfit, but he, he just flew off the Star Destroyer, no problem. Um, right. I almost uh, I almost feel like there's like an extra twelve minutes that are missing in that episode to help explain things. I agree. I mean, if this was a you know, to your point about a movie, two hour animated movie, I would have loved this story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, contact uh, Kai Patterson, the guy that edited the Kenobi series into a two and a half hour movie to take care of this as well. Uh, you could <laughs> definitely do that. And I think it'd be pretty enjoyable. I think so, too. Um, one of the things that uh, I did want to talk to you about, because I actually, upon first watching, I did not notice any of this until I got back on Twitter and people started to point it out. Um Balin standing on the statue of the father. It's just the father and the, and the son's there too. Yeah. And so is the daughter, but I think her head has been removed on, on the, oh, on I, the I, saw, I saw two figures. I'll go back and watch. It, it looked like to me that one of them had been knocked off. Yeah. Been knocked off. Um, so that, you know, that obviously is an interesting development, I think. Uh, and I missed it. There was, there must've been a cutaway shot when I was looking at my phone to see if it was over yet. <laughs> there was a cutaway shot of Balin looking off into the distance and there was a mountain um, off to the distance distance and there was a like a pulsating light that he was looking at and i i did i missed that totally completely too i, I was just looking at the the rocks behind him yeah well there's another shot where it starts on him and then it goes behind yeah. him and then off in the far distance you can see a a beacon like a light oh. so obviously he's heading there wherever that is um but uh yeah um I what mean, do you- I don't care? <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, Ray, Ray Stevenson did a did a great job. I mean, it was, it was it was a fine character. I didn't think it was that deep of a character. I know some people were like, I think it was just the timing with uh, Ray dying. Yeah. Um, and he got the. I mean, he, you know, he's a fascinating character. I think both him and 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 Shin as characters. I you know I I would love to have known a little more of their backstory. Why why. Uh, you know, why are these ex Jedi now guns for hire and what is driving both of them? Um, you know, she was still wearing the braid of a Padawan. So, and then, you know, obviously they talked a little bit about, uh, you know, Shin being a Boken Jedi, which is a Jedi that was trained outside the normal confines of the Jedi temples. And, you know, to that extent, there are a lot of Boken Jedis because, you know, um, technically, you know, Luke Skywalker is one. Um, so it's, uh, it's, you know, it was, again, it's, it's an interesting concept that was introduced in the series that really just didn't go anywhere. No. Yeah. I, I like the way it started. I think there was a great amount of intrigue, um, when they were first introduced, but I think it just kind of fell flat as the, like, I, you almost forgot about those characters yeah. until they showed them at the very end. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the beginning of the episode, you said that, uh, we were, uh, diametrically opposed to the episodes, but I think, um, I think we're pretty much in agreement for the most part now. All right, well, okay. So the entire <laughs> series, what is your, uh, out of 10 for the entire series? We'll see how close we are. Um, six and a half out of 10, maybe a seven out of 10. <laughs> I was going to say six out of 10. Um, and I thought the finale was probably the most enjoyable. Uh, so we're just a little bit off there, um, but still leaps and bounds above Boba Fett. And I think we should always 
just bring it back to Boba Fett. When we don't know about something, <laughs> at least we can say it was way better than Boba Fett. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. Um, That's the bar for low. We got we got Andor at the top, and we got yeah. Boba, Boba, Boba way down there. Yeah, still way still way better than that. So we're we're doing good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to end on a positive note. Let's uh, I, I briefly let's go through all the visuals. What did you think of? Uh, there was a lot of great. Uh, space battles. There was a lot yeah. of great lightsaber battles. Although I do have a problem with um, a lot of the lightsaber battles. They seemed very structured, and uh, something about Rosario Dawson's uh, fighting style seemed um, like she was holding back at the last second. They were the lightsabers were landing too safe for me. Um, there was one lightsaber battle that was a little more on the vicious side when uh, that last um, battle between Balin and Ahsoka, I think Balin, uh, Ray Stevens really handled the lightsaber quite well. Um, you can tell that there was weight to it. There was uh, a certain aspect of rage even that uh, Ahsoka was trying to defend uh, you know, against. Um, but some of the other lightsaber battles were a little two on the, I want to say slow and, and structured. I would, um, I would challenge you to go back even in the finale between, uh, Elizabeth and Ahsoka and, uh, see if you can kind of, um, see what I'm talking about. Uh, when it you, comes you know to when, you're, when your kids and your, and your lightsaber fighting, but you weren't ever going for the person you were going for the, you always try to hit their, their blade. Yeah. That, that's kind of what it, what it, a lot of these seem like. Yeah. They're, they're very you can you can tell the I mean I I imagine it was a stunt double most of the time for Ahsoka. Uh, she uh, did a lot of her she did a lot of yeah, she did a lot of her battles. There was a lot of behind the scenes. Stuff. Lights, okay. For handling two lightsabers, I thought she did pretty well. That that's can't be easy. Um, especially with Ahsoka's fighting style that we see in the animated series. Um, but it they all did seem pretty choreographed. Yeah. And, you know, and I understand that, uh, you know, when we first see Ahsoka, not even in this series, but in Mandalorian, um, the episode entitled uh, The Jedi, um, there was some controversy about the fact that they, uh, the makeup department kind of shortened her likus. Um, And I think, uh, you know, that has a lot to do with, uh, you know, they are obviously practical props that the actress is wearing and uh, the movement, the fighting style um, is a lot different when you're actually fighting with something hanging off the side of your head. Uh, So I can understand. uh, I can understand that. Um, They're already heavy enough. Uh, Speaking of visuals, what do you think of the new uh, hyperspace? The trippy space whale hyperspace. Yeah, that's you know they were pretty bright. I think uh, you know I was worried about space whales in live action, but I think they did a really good job. I think that was an amazing job. Yeah. I, I, you know it, it could come off as corny, but when Ahsoka you know talked uh, to it and basically got its permission to hitch a ride, I, I thought that was great. Uh, yeah, get a, get a you know a Jonah sort of feel to that one, and she's just chilling. Yeah. Uh, almost like when they're inside the uh, space worm there in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, uh, except that was unknowingly. Um, but I thought the the altar of hyperspace because it's being doing naturally, it's being done naturally instead of through technology. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. Uh, it was good to see the Chimera again, yeah. uh, Thrawn ship. Um, obviously, the world between uh, worlds as good as you can make that. I think um, you know live action. And then, um, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, visually about the Clone Wars when they went back to it, but I think that was a good nod to episode two, how much, you know, dust was in the air and stuff like that, but also to show off the fog of war, which I think was the point of that. You know, it's it's a memory, so I think some of it faded from it being a memory, plus it just showed the fog of war from the Clone Wars. And how much they had to go through. Yeah. Um, I think I think visually it, they definitely hit the mark with this one. Um, like you said, the, the space battles were pretty good. Um, I, I thought visually it was great the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know you, you can tell that they spent a little more on on this series versus any of the other series. I mean, even the Lothcat looked pretty good in yeah. uh, early on in the season. The ships look amazing, obviously. Um, there were no, the, the, you know, the Alliance ships or yeah. you know, Republic ships I thought looked really good. Yeah. Um, no Vespas. So that's a plus. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Good old fashioned speeder bike that uh, yeah. Sabine had there at the beginning. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, that one was decorated in the colorful scheme yeah. of, of, of what we know Sabine to be, but, uh, you're right. It did almost seems like, uh, you know, it would have been nice to see her kind of flex that because it seems like, you know, she was mopey during the first half of the season. I think, you know, having, um, having her maybe, you know, do some artwork on, on a, piece of slab somewhere might might have been her therapy to kind of deal with stuff um but um we'll see what happens so yeah that uh that pretty much uh concludes our um our quick uh, recap of the entire ahsoka series um any final thoughts uh on it we may have sounded negative in this one. I don't know. It's well, you know, me and Ro kind of do that to each other. We're a bad influence on each other. <laughs> um, we start brooding and whatnot. But I, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was, it was, it was fun. Um, I don't think it took itself too seriously. I think it could have taken itself a little bit more seriously than what it did. But I, you know, overall, I thought it was a fun story. I only gave it about a six, maybe a six and a half. Uh, we might agree there on the final rating, but that's not a bad thing. I mean, if you go back and rate all the Star Wars movies you'd probably throw them somewhere in that range um, but they're they're fun stories nonetheless and it told a very good Star Wars story um, one thing we didn't talk about here I loved we, you know, this, this is what happens we go off on tangents um, but the the added mysticism I think every time Floney gets his hands on Star Wars he adds uh, more mysticism to the force and, and to the Jedi and, uh, you know, all the, um, the magic, uh, you know, basically with the Stonehenge that they were mm-hmm. using at the beginning. And, you know, it makes you question our own world. You know, what, what was Stonehenge used for back in the day? Was it something like that? You know, obviously something to do with astrology. Um, you know, it's stuff like that. You know, I, I love that added mysticism. Um, and then, you know, including the, the father and, and the son and the daughter there at the end. Uh, I, I thought that was great. So um, I like that those elements were still there. So we had the wars and we had the mysticism of the force. So um, could have been better. Definitely could have been better. But overall, it was, it was a fun and I, I would rewatch this series. Yeah, it's funny. I'm going to reiterate uh, at the beginning of the show, you said that we were going to totally disagree on this, but uh, you should know better. Uh, I know. <laughs> so we, we disagreed at one point, I guess. <laughs> I tried. Uh, we, we, we tried to have an argument in the episode. It didn't really work out. <laughs> All right, friends, Scuttlebutt Nation, thank you very much again for joining us on this episode. Uh, Kind of uh, very happy, Brad, that uh, we uh, got to discuss this. Uh, I know, you know, uh, our, our friends on YouTube have been watching me and some other friends talk about the series, but uh, it's wonderful to actually uh, talk to you about it, my friend, and uh, welcome back. Thank you very much. I look forward to lots more conversations about Star Wars and other geeky stuff with you. Excellent. Let's uh, podcast like it's 2019. I'm going to let you take the show out. Hi, Hera. I'm home. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Excellent. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>